Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. But the laugh is charming. Today, we are going to unpack the complex world of the concept adopt, don't shop. So this is a bit of a sensitive topic, but we do encourage you to have an open mind when listening to this episode, as we know that this phrase can be particularly triggering, I guess is the word. We are going to try to peel back the layers (laughs) on the issue based on the fact that one of us has rescued and one of us has purchased through a reputable breeder. So let's dive in and... Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your host, Justine McKenzie. Today, we are unpacking the statement, adopt, don't shop. So in case you haven't tuned into our podcast before, we're going to spend a few minutes sharing with you how we came to own our current dogs. And that way, maybe you can understand uh, our our perspectives rather just a tiny bit more. So Justine, how did Marshall come into your life? Yeah, so I have a rescue dog um, named Marshall. He came from a rescue organization called Save Our Scruff. Um, And he was actually a total surprise puppy. So we submitted a general puppy application for a large breed from Manitoba. And that was all we knew. Um, Other than that, we were paired with Marshall on the day he arrived in Ontario. Um, So we knew nothing about what we were getting. Total wild card. And we were okay with that. Um, The big reason I did this is because I think rescuing should always be the first option if it works for you. And I wasn't married to the idea of a particular breed. Um, I also have the time and the resources to manage what could come of a wild card rescue dog. And I I just want to say how we talked about this in previous podcasts, but how fun it was just waiting to see where you're getting a boy, where you're getting a girl, how small, how big your puppy was going to be, what color he or she was going to be. We were worried he was going to be ugly. He's not. <laughs> yeah. So many, uh, literally wild card puppy is, is exactly correct. Um, but he turned out to be the best boy. Yeah. So, Ken's, how did you come to own your dogs? Well, um, Willow is my first, so I'll start with her. Um, The reason I decided to go uh, the route of a reputable breeder is because I wanted a purebred dog, plain and simple. I wanted an Italian greyhound. Um, Italian greyhounds do not come into rescue very often, which is very, very good. Uh, Our the breeders um, of IGs are very, very careful when placing uh, them into homes, so they don't end up in rescues very often. But long story short, we wanted a small, low-shedding, medium to low-energy dog, and I wanted a dog that just had the temperament traits 
that I really, really desired. So I, again, I wanted a dog that would lay on the couch with me all day, but then be up for like anything. So be up for hikes or camping. I wanted a dog who I could do dog sports with, um, but also again, at the home would be lazy. (laughs) You got that. (laughs) I definitely got that. I love the look of sight hounds. Uh, so that's what drew me to Italian greyhounds. And, um, I did want a dog that had a proven pedigree and that was also health tested. So what I mean by that is the, the, I can go back in time 20, 30 years ago and see all of my dogs, uh, history, great, 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 great grandparents. And I know that their, their lineage is healthy and health testants. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I looked for. And I just really wanted a healthy dog. Um, but I wanted a healthy Italian greyhound. So that was the reason I went with a reputable breeder. Yeah. And I mean, such a good point, Ken's, because I don't even know what the health history of Marshall's parents were, let alone anything beyond that. So I think that's a great point. Yeah. So that's just the reason why. Um, but now you know a bit about where we're both coming from. So let's get into the point of this episode is to just unpack the phrase, adopt, don't shop. Ugh. Even just saying it, it's, it's triggering, like it is a trigger phrase these days. So Justine, um, let's hear what you think this phrase really means and why do you think it even exists? So I think adopt, don't shop means that no one should ever shop for a dog. No one should ever pay for a dog. Um, People should only rescue. And I know you have to pay a fee to a rescue, but you're really just providing a donation to a nonprofit when you do that. So that's a little bit different. Um, But essentially it means that rescuing should be the only option for obtaining a dog. I have definitely touted this phrase many, many times, especially as a strong advocate for animals. I'm a vegan. Um, I've definitely, you know, encouraged people to adopt over shop. Um, Mackenzie started to shift my perspective on it. So I still think adopting is definitely the best option if it's available to you. Um, But I also understand that adopting and rescuing can be challenging for some. And I, I just want everybody to understand, I 100% agree with that statement. If the option is there to rescue or, um, or adopt, then 100% go for it um, if, if that is available. But again, sometimes it's not. So, Yeah, and I really do think this movement stems from the density of backyard breeders and puppy mills and the issues that this causes dogs globally. Um, But I also think it stems from the lack of resources in some communities um, that result in most dogs not being spayed or neutered. So a good example of this is in countries in Central America or maybe in Asia or even in indigenous communities in North America. Um, Because they are under-resourced communities, um, they have, you know, less ability to spay and neuter their dogs, less education around it, and you have a lot of issues with strays. Um, So I think you'll hear the phrase that, you know, you should adopt because there are so many dogs that need homes, but I think it's also important to make sure you find a good match with your dog, and that can sometimes be harder to do when rescuing. Yeah, a lot of the reasons dogs end up in shelters in where we're located, i.e. urban North American environments, is because they don't 
educate themselves enough. And when I say they, I mean puppy buyers. So ethical and responsible breeders really aren't the problem here. And I, in my opinion, shouldn't be penalized for this. And neither should buyers who do educate themselves to go to a breeder like myself. It's backyard breeders that are the problem, just like Justine alluded to. So it's it's never going to go away. But as a, a puppy purchaser, if that's the route you want to go, then education is really, really important. Uh, We do really need to let go of shaming people who purchase dogs from ethical and responsible breeders. I do see that a lot on social media. And um, after the break, we are going to talk more about why and when it might be a good idea to shop rather than adopt. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie. Today, we are unpacking the phrase, adopt, don't shop. Um, So in the first segment of today's episode, we discuss the meaning of this phrase and some of our perspectives on it. So Mackenzie, why don't you kick us off? Why and when would it be a good idea to shop rather than adopt? Well, um, in my opinion, if you want a specific breed of dog to serve a purpose, that is huge. So that's number one. So I'm talking about if you are an avid hunter and you want a bird dog, uh, get a German short hair pointer <laughs> or a pointer because those dogs were bred for that job. Uh, Labrador retrievers, again, bred for that job. So um, there's that. There's even if you want just a sport dog. So if you do go in saying, I want a dog who I can do agility and fly ball and this and that with, then maybe get a more athletic dog. Don't get like a bulldog and like, well, you could get a bulldog. Bulldogs can do anything, but maybe you're better off getting a more athletic dog. Um, Mackenzie, you, you're such an advocate for bulldogs. That was nice. <laughs> I love bulldogs. <laughs> bulldogs can do anything. They can. Um, if you live on the water, so maybe you want a water dog. You want a dog that loves swimming. Maybe you'd go for a Newfie, a Newfoundland dog. Uh, or if you, even like ourselves, like I live in a small condo. I wanted a small dog. It just made more sense for the space I'm in. So uh, those are just a few examples. Oh, and lastly, a guardian dog. So if you live on a farm and you want a dog to take care of your animals, uh, you know, Great Pyrenees are a great breed for that blah, blah, blah. There's so many. And I like, so when I hear you talk about this, Ken's, I'm like, oh, like selfishly us as humans, like we want a dog that's going to do X, Y, Z. But I think if you flip that, um, if you want a specific breed of dog to do a specific purchase, and if you go out and obtain that, that dog is probably going to live a much more fulfilled 
and enriched life because you've given that dog a purpose. Mm -hmm. So if you, um, you know, you want a sport dog or a water dog and you have access to those sorts of things with your dog, that really does give your dog, um, you know, a lot of value in their life. Um, and they're doing things that they were bred to do, which is pretty awesome. It's, uh, it's amazing to see, like you see dogs do what they are bred to do, uh, like herding dogs, for example, with their sheep. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so neat. Um, they, they even heard herding dogs tend to herd children, which is also hilarious. So if you have children and a herding dog, it's very funny to see. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great first point. So Ken's what's another reason, um, why and when it would be a good idea to shop rather than adopt this one, um, this one is near and dear to my heart and it's to do with preservation breeding. So that's there. Can I ask, I'm going to play the total ignorant card here. So what is preservation breeding and why should people care about that? Like, isn't a dog a dog? Okay. Preservation breeding. Um, there are many dog breeds that are thousands of, and thousands of years old. So I'm going to use myself as an example. Italian greyhounds are 2,000 years old. Um, pugs, pugs, two or 3,000 years old. Some other breeds, 10,000 years old. Like some of these dog breeds are ancient, ancient, ancient. And the only reason they still exist is due to purebred dog breeders. So um, it, it matters because, again, if these breeders weren't so, you know, careful with selective breeding and, um, you know, health testing to ensure that these breeds stick around and exist, they would, they would honestly disappear. And there, and I know people are probably thinking, what? Dog breeds can't go extinct. There's no such thing. <laughs> there are specific breeds. I'm going to pull one out of my hat, um, otter hounds. There are literally less than 400 otter hounds in North America and that sounds like a lot, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. And they are dying. They are a dying breed. Sharpays almost went extinct in the 1960s. And the only reason they still exist is due to preservation breeding. Interesting. Yeah. So it's tied to culture and history, really. Like you look back at old Renaissance paintings and you see different breeds of dogs, or you look back at old Middle Eastern paintings and you'll see sight hounds hunting. Um, I went to the AKC, um, the American Kennel Club Museum in New York City, and I saw uh, paintings that were hundreds of years old. And it was so neat to see these dogs literally look, copy and paste what they look like today. So, so that's cool. preservation breeding right there. Um, Going back to Italian greyhounds, they were bred to keep people warm in Italy, and that's literally what they still do. They are little heat warmers. <laughs> uh, I've got one on my lap right now, and she's keeping me nice and toasty. So they uh, they are they do have a specific purpose, and again, preservation breeders keep them keep that breed alive and healthy. So cool. So we'll jump to our third reason. So another. Um, time that it might be better to shop rather than adopt would maybe be if you have allergies. So let's like do a little bit of myth busting right now. There is no such thing as a hypoallergenic dog. Um, no, unfortunately. Not a hundred percent. I actually learned recently that saliva is actually like dog saliva is what people are allergic to. 
Um, thanks, Mackenzie, for teaching me that. You're welcome. <laughs> Not actually their their fur, their hair, um, but some people also do have allergies to hair and dander. And in this case, would need a low shedding or no shedding dog. So in this case, um, you know, purchasing from a ethical and responsible breeder might be a good option because you know you're going to get that. You can still find that rescuing. It is an option. It might just be more challenging for you. Um, Another really big reason, so the fourth reason why you may want to consider shopping over adopting would be based on temperament. So for example, if you have young children, buying a family breed might be a really great option for you. Rescuing is always going to be more of a wild card. So I can't imagine jumping through some of the hurdles I've had to with Marshall with kids around. It would be so challenging. Um... And this is not to discourage anybody from rescuing um, by any stretch of the imagination. As we mentioned at the beginning, if you can rescue, please rescue. Please, um, yeah. We just want to offer a slightly different perspective when it comes to purchasing from ethical and responsible breeders. Um, but yeah, rescuing might be more of a wild card. So with young children around, could be more challenging, but not always. There are a lot of rescues do have, um, you know, kid-friendly dog options. Obviously, mm-hmm. they they will say, you know, we've tried, uh, we've fostered this pup with cats and they're okay with cats. Or we fostered with children and they're okay with children. So that, it, but if you want the opportunity for your kids to grow up with a puppy, you know, that's not a horrible thing. Um, you know, and, the, and yeah, again, there are certain breeds that are more, uh, that are better with children. Um, like you don't want to buy, well, a cane corso may be okay with children, but you never know, right? Like I'm just throwing that out there. You, you know, you just a bay, like a really large dog can just be like, Marshall's just so clumsy. Like I can't, he's so big and unaware of his size that I can't imagine having like a toddler running around. He'd literally be plowing that child over. <laughs> every like there'd be so many injuries oh marshall <laughs> there would have been stitches involved like yeah. it's just, he's just so big and clunky and clumsy that i can't imagine so yeah. kudos to you if you have small children and a puppy props to you so ken's i think you were going to talk a little bit about health as a reason that shopping is sometimes a good idea Yeah, so this was, again, one of the reasons why I decided to go um, to an ethical and responsible breeder. So unfortunately, when you rescue, you don't always know the health history behind your pup you're getting. So it's, yeah, like we keep saying, it is a total wild card. You have no idea what the genetic history is. You don't know a lot of the times what the, you know, if the mother ended up passing away of cancer or if the dad had hip dysplasia or blah, blah, blah. You, a lot of the times you, you just, you just don't know. Whereas with ethical and responsible breeders, the sire and the dam, the, the male and the female are always, always tested. Um, and they're OFA certified. That's hips and, um, elbows. They're always certified prior to breedings so you know what you're gonna get you know of course there's a few times where like you know shit happens and you and and you get a puppy that that does get sick but the breeder has done everything in their power to avoid that and like just on that note ken's like we've seen some pretty heartbreaking stories recently locally 
of people purchasing puppies from breeders that aren't ethical or responsible. And it's so sad because sometimes these puppies don't make it. They don't even have a chance. And it's horrible, which just really signifies why it's so important for breeders to help test. It breaks my heart when I see, I saw that post recently and I, my heart broke for that family. Um, but it, it does happen. There are people that are out there for the money and just be careful. <laughs> Educate yourself, right? Please, Ask yeah. questions. Yeah. We're, we'll talk about that. Um, towards the end of the episode, but just educate yourself if you're going to get a puppy and make sure you're getting it from a good place. Definitely. And that kind of leads me to my last point. Um, just remember if you're going the purebred route, purebred doesn't mean well-bred. So there are a lot of uh, breeders out there on, I hate to say it, but Kijiji or Facebook, or I don't know, even know where Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> And Do people use Craigslist here? I don't know. I think that's more of an American thing. I think it is too. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of uh, people claiming that, oh, purebred teacup Yorkies. I don't know. I just made that up. $8,000. There's no such thing as a teacup anything. Don't believe people like mm. that. That is that is a fake name. That is marketing. That There's no such thing as teacup anything. Just remember that. Um, but what I'm getting at is ask does my purebred come with CKC, Canadian Kennel Club papers? Does my dog come? I want to see the parents' health test history. I would love if they, if they, if the breeder does not have the mother or father present, or if they want to meet you outside of their home, red, red, red flag. So just. And so I'm going to pause you because you're diving into some other stuff we're going to talk about later. Sorry. <laughs> Getting carried away. No red flags yet. Okay. So, yes. Purebred doesn't mean well-bred. So at the end of the day, if you choose to buy, educate yourself about responsible and ethical breeding and don't feel bad. There's a lot of shame in the dog community. I don't know what it's all about. feels like you can't do the right thing with your dog without somebody judging you for it. It happens all the time. We've all experienced it. Don't feel bad if that's the route that you decide to go. If you choose to rescue, that's amazing. Um, keep an open mind through the process. Um, and as you bring this pup into your home, um, like always maintain that open mind given their experience um, because you don't know what they're... A lot of the times you know nothing about them. In my case, I know nothing about what the first eight weeks of Marshall's life look like. So keep an open mind. You really, really... You don't know what you're getting. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back for a lightning round.
Welcome back to Dog Friendly KW Podcast with Mackenzie and Justine. Today we're talking about adopt, don't shop phrase and all of its triggeringness, but we're in our lightning round. So, so right. Justine, you have questions uh, for me? Wait, how does this yeah, work? Yeah, I got a... I gotta pull. I gotta pull out my question. Let's see what we get. All right. Good question. I want to buy a dog. How do I go about finding an ethical and responsible breeder? Ooh, that's a good question. I need to think of it in like one to two sentences. So. The best way to start looking for an ethical and responsible breeder is to go to your breed club website. So what I mean What's by that, breed club? yeah, what I mean by that is if you really want a German shepherd, you will go to the German shepherd club of Canada. Every breed, every purebred has a breed club and you will be able to find uh, a website that will have a breeder referral list. And they only, those members are only ethical, responsible breeders who health test their dogs. They will be able to point you in the right direction of where to start. Okay. So what are the most common breeds? This is not a question for me. That people buy purebred. Is there a breed you should not buy purebred? Or can I like add to that? Can I like, or are there like breeds that maybe people think are purebred, but actually aren't? I don't even know what the definition doodles. of purebred is, to be perfectly honest. Oh, doodles. doodles. Okay. I'm going to let you kind of generally answer this question, Mackenzie, because I know nothing about this. Okay. So I love this question. Um, the most common breeds that people buy purebred are, are staple breeds. So we've got our uh, GSDs, our German Shepherd Gold, Dog, our Golden Retrievers, our Labrador Retrievers, um, our Yorkies are staple, you know, Shih Tzus, but uh, unfortunately you don't see a lot of those purebred. You see them, you see them um, mixed and we call those designer breeds. Um, so like a Morky Poo or a Yorkie Poo, there's nothing wrong with these dogs. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I'm just saying that there are a lot of them saturating the puppy market um, right now. Final question. Let's see what we got. All right. So what are two to three red flags I should look for if I'm in conversations with a breeder or interested in a particular litter? Um, first things first is the mother, uh, mother definitely present. Um, or even better yet, is the mother and father present? A lot of the times, purebred uh, breeders uh, outsire. So what I mean by that is they'll get a get a boy from elsewhere and bring him in. Sometimes it's frozen semen as well, so the mo- the male may not be there. Um, but if the mother's not there, that's kind of a red flag. Um, if the if the breeder uh, does not allow you to come to their home, major red flag. Lastly, if they don't register their dogs, that's a huge red flag. What do you mean register? With the Canadian Kennel Club. So again, if you're going, if you're going for a purebred and if they are like, oh, we don't do papers because papers cost too much. That's, 
that's not true. If you're a Canadian Kennel Club um, uh, member, breeder, it is not, it is not expensive and they are required to do that. So it's actually illegal to sell a purebred dog without papers. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. Um, We really hope this was an eye-opening episode for you. And we really hope it reframed the concept of adopt, don't shop. And I say that as someone who has been a, and is still a true advocate for rescuing. Um, So I hope this opened your mind a little bit. And we would also love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So if you have any, please shoot us a DM on Instagram. We would love to track further. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone. also love to hear your thoughts on this topic topic on this topic awesome <laughs> awesome the wine i woke up restless watching the time slip away